Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, it is game week, which means we get a weekly press conference with head coach Joey McGuire, as well as his offensive and defensive coordinator, Zach Kitley, and Tim DeRuder. We'll get thoughts from our friend Chris Level, who was in the room and on the scene. And of course, we'll also get to engage in a favorite yearly tradition, deciphering just exactly what the word or means as it relates to a depth chart. All coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Thanks so much for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech. I'm Casey Cowan with the only Chris Level. Great to be back with you and back into a game week. And Chris, it feels a lot more like a game week after you get past the introductory press conference and you get to hear from the head coach. They'll do it to kick off every week as we roll through the season. But uh, it's kind of part of the pomp and circumstance and uh, makes you really understand that the football season is is upon us this weekend, right? Can't have a game without a weekly press conference. <laughs> Got to check that off the list first. Yes, absolutely. But, uh, yeah, Coach McGuire is excited, Casey. I mean, he's yeah. – I think he mentioned today it's been five years since he was actually a head coach on the sideline. He's, uh, you know, obviously been at Baylor as a kind of a position coach slash coordinator type role for the last five years. So he's looking forward to the, you know, the pregame speech and all those different things. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm as excited as he is. No question about it. I think that uh, as we've well gone through this entire offseason, obviously the, the energy that's palpable uh, from that football program originates with Joey McGuire and just about – uh, every time you're seeing Joey McGuire, there's uh, an abundance of ener- energy that's a part uh, of what he's got going on. And uh, it was not any different at the uh, weekly press conference and hearing from Coach McGuire. It kind of seems like, Chris, I don't know what your interpretation is, but I feel like he's going to be, I won't call him an open book, but it doesn't seem like he's really afraid to discuss uh, some of the goings on and the ins and outs with what's happening with his football team. I know he's not going to reveal everything, but uh, he doesn't mind talking a little bit, it doesn't seem like. He's as open as I, any coach I've been around. I agree. Uh, depth chart, injury, uh, and, and he basically he's just laying out the parameters to start the press conference. Hey, if somebody's out for the year, we're going to tell you. If they're going to be out for this week, we'll also potentially let you know that too. But uh, And then just kind of really kind of starting to go through the depth chart as he was – pressed on it a bit, but I think it's kind of uh, refreshing that he is as open as he is uh, in this day and age when everybody seems to be locking up things and closing stuff and all that kind of thing. So as far as practices and all that stuff, but yeah, he's an open book. I think you nailed it. You know, that really, uh, that really came to annoy me, the Fort Knox approach to college football information, practices, whatever it is that I think materialized just Within the last decade, I guess, last decade and a half. I mean, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that about Joey McGuire when obviously you were boots on the ground for the Mike Leach era. And I think about some of the scenes at those Leach practices. and It's like the Chamber of Commerce invited everybody in town to come on down and, and check out a practice. But that has changed dramatically uh, through the last handful of coaches, last decade or so. 
uh, here in West Texas for whatever reason, hadn't it? Yeah, social media, I think, has a lot to do with that. I think there was some, you know, injuries and things like that, and people were there, and they were broadcasting it or promoting it or talking about it, and I think it kind of started to lie, not just here, but everywhere, and I think, you know, the quarterback battles and just all the people that can see what's going on, because used to, obviously, nobody nobody knew what the world was going on, and even if you were there, you, you 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 had a feel for it, but there was nowhere to go tell anybody. And now, obviously, everybody's everybody's got uh, a Twitter handle or an Instagram account. Or I know you and I've got we're big on TikTok. Uh, that's right. So, uh, that's right. So <laughs> the original TikTok enthusiast, right here, right? No, that no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> I don't know. Some of those years, I would just think, good grief! If you've got to keep it this much of a secret to gain an advantage then you're probably not any good anyway. And for most of those years, obviously, Texas Tech was not. And it just became more of an annoyance to me working in local media that seemingly there was more of a task to build a wall between the program and those who are covering and or observing uh, that coverage as opposed to uh, facilitating uh, that coverage. And I know that some of that probably ties back into the fact, too, that just about every athletics department in the country uh, has got their own media wing or media arm it seems like now that they have at their disposal yeah and you know and i think most of the time it's it's head coach driven the head coach kind of dictates a lot of that i mean buttoned up big time under cliff that's the way he wanted it it was for the most part i know he's a cuss word around here but i mean it was pretty much wide open when tuberville was here he didn't you know he was glad-handed and talking about the weather and all that stuff and i think wells was kind of a happy medium but to this point i mean joey's been He's been wide open with all that stuff, but uh, but yeah, t- 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 he's very excited, and I think doesn't want to keep the fans from their program, if you will, and I think understands that's a big part of his job too, is kind of connecting the two together. All right, Chris, let's turn to the actual press conference itself, and we'll get to some comments from Coach McGuire that uh, we'll let the audience hear as it relates to uh, the depth chart and some of what was revealed there because I thought there were some interesting things uh, to gleam from uh, the first look at the two deep that we got heading into week one. Of course, it's Murray State fitting the description of the first potential victim coming up this Saturday night. Uh, But in general, as the conversation progressed uh, with Coach McGuire, what were some of the things that stood out to you or or some of the takeaways from uh, his first official in-season meeting with the media? You you know, I I think – I think that one of the things that stuck out was, and this is him being a player's coach, is he said, I, I feel like this team has worked hard enough and deserves a lot of fans to be there. I mean, he was trying to, you know, basically tell the fan base, please, please come watch these kids. Please support them. They, they, they deserve it. They've worked hard. They've done everything we've asked. They're excited to play all those things you're trying to do the Raider walk and all those kinds of things. I, I thought it was interesting too, because when you walk in the building, there's one and O signs everywhere. And there's like a tech symbol and a Murray state symbol. And if you, if you were in the restroom, it was like hydrate. If you were in somewhere else, it was like take three, the, the turnover part. There was these little messages all over the place, but they're already trying to, because some of these guys, Casey, they've come from this level like Murray state is, so they know, I mean, you, you, you know, what you barely beat SFA last year. Zach Kittley is well aware of how close the Houston Baptist game was a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. I just try to, and, and I think too, Murray State's a bit of a mystery. 
And so they, they kind of talked about that too. And that coach hood is a defensive minded guy. He was on Mark Stoops, staff at university of Kentucky. Uh, but, but I, you know, I, I think that they're just kind of, you just can't be too careful. And so that, that was kind of some of the stuff that he kind of talked about as far as the opponent goes, but, you know, he talked about some of his true freshmen. I think that'll get a look and, Got into the quarterback stuff a bit more, which I thought was interesting. Uh, you know, the the three guys and kind of what they do well, maybe when we might see them or how they'll be used. And so, yeah, there's a few things that stuck out from what he said. Aside from, uh, you know, anything going wrong, do you think Baron Morton actually does factor into to seeing multiple? I can understand Donovan Smith, obviously, in some different situations, but I really wonder how deep you'll get into it in, in real furs flying moments. I don't know. I think ideally you get so far up that you, you can get him some snaps in the normal portion of the game. That's a great question. I, I don't buy it. I don't know. It, it may feel forced. And I think it's him trying to keep Baron motivated. I don't know. I think we'll all kind sure. of find that out together. Uh, but I think that he described Baron as a change of pace type guy uh, that would come in there and they would yeah. move the pocket. And he's really accurate on the run. Uh, so I think that that is, but I don't know when you want to insert that. Uh, sure. I, I, yeah, I'm kind of fascinated to see that. I just, I think it's, it's one thing to say a lot of this stuff, but I just don't know. And, and when it comes to ap- applying it, there's not a lot of snaps in those games. Yeah, they, they, exactly. they're, 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 well, they're shorter now than they used to. We're used to hundred something plays and now it's back into the kind of the 80 play range or 75 play range at least when you get to league play so yeah. there's just not a lot of snaps yeah and did you want to share your hydration levels did you have that reminds me of the tom herman i think a urine uh-huh. color code chart do you remember that making its rounds he, on the internet it needs to be clear if it's dark <laughs> yellow man you're in trouble man Sucking i just want to make water. sure you're you're doing all right and getting yeah. uh, plenty of fluids, staying hydrated over there. What's the yeah. uh, for those tech fans who are not familiar with it? What's what's behind the take three uh, motto or approach for the defense? Turnovers. Just just they want to try to take three away every that. I mean, and again, breaking news: everybody in the country wants to create turnovers, but yeah, they they lead off their practice with one ball security stuff on offense, and then takeaway stuff on defense. They're, they're just trying to you know, like get those guys trained. That's the most important thing, you know, because yeah. I mean, the numbers and the data would show you that when you win the turnover battle, you're going to win a lot of your football games. So oh, yeah. uh, that, it covers that, up for a multitude of sins, doesn't it? <laughs> there's no doubt that the magic number is three. Okay. Because if you, if you, if you take three away on average, I mean, you're going to win the turnover margin a lot and most every Saturday. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hopefully the Texas tech is going to have a defense that has the ability to do that. Yeah. And man, with uh, looking at this depth chart, some of those things that you see within that defensive secondary are really exciting and I think maybe directly would play into uh, your ability to impact that turnover number. We're going to get into the week one depth chart released by Texas Tech uh, coming up directly ahead. You know who your starting quarterback is, and if you listen to yesterday's show, uh, you're more familiar with some of the starters on the offensive line. But what else is there to learn from that week one depth chart? We will look at that coming up next. But first... Red Raiders, check in on our friends at betonline.net, the fastest and easiest way to meet your gambling needs. You got all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, games, and much more. 
You can also find reviews and news from every league, Major League Baseball, NFL, National Basketball Association, combat sports, NHL, golf, esports is even on the list, and of course, college football. They continue to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. And if you head to bet online today on your mobile device, you'll see things like a few lines from the Big 12 Conference. And Chris, some of these were sticking out to me. The two most interesting games of the week, Oklahoma State hosting Central Michigan and Pitt and West Virginia getting together for the backyard brawl. Cowboys minus 21 at home against the Chippewas. Pitt minus seven and a half against Neil Brown and the Mountaineers. What are you making of those two? A lot is expected out of Oklahoma State. I think the big thing to look out for at Oklahoma State this year is Jim Knowles leaving to go be the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. That is a big hole to fill. And, you know, they've, they lost a lot of seniors on that defense. Uh, but I, I would think Oklahoma State will cover. They're just really good. They've been really good for a long time. They just can't beat Oklahoma consistently. Otherwise, we talk about them differently. Uh, I think I think that Pitt-West Virginia game is a game much like Texas and Texas A&M that I wish it was played every year. Those yep. people have been – I've been up there in that area. They're wild about it. They hate each other legitimately. I think they've been playing it since 1895 was the first one. Steel workers versus uh, coal miners. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And so natural robbery. Yeah. Uh, and, and we'll get to see, you know, what uh, Graham Harrell is doing from That's a true. play calling standpoint too. So there's your tech, Texas Tech connection. And you mentioned Neil Brown. But that's a game that really – if, if if West Virginia doesn't win that one, then Neil Brown really becomes – more so on the hot seat, uh, you know, and so th th that's it. They've got a tough non-conference schedule with that game starting out. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that one Thursday night. But uh, I, I look for Pitt to be pretty darn tough again. There you go. Head on over to betonline.net for more information on games just like that. And maybe if I had a specialty of the week, I could be looking to Austin. 31 and a half over U University of Louisiana, Bill Monroe. I don't think so. I don't think so. Just saying, but it's up to you. <laughs> Head on over to betonline.net today where the game starts. The Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate you for making it your first listen with Chris Level. I'm Casey Callen, and we've got Red Raider football just a few days away as Joey McGuire and Texas Tech are set to host Murray State for the season opener coming up Saturday night from the Jones. And that means we've got a fresh death chart to pour over here this week, Chris. And there were some things sticking out on both sides of the ball, but I think one of the things that has gotten the most attention, uh, maybe from Red Raider fans just here in a short amount of time, uh, some of the freshmen that have shown up within the two deep and head coach Joey McGuire talked about just that discussing with his freshmen, the possibility of actually factoring in this I talked year. to all my freshmen the other day about, you know, making sure they understand that you can still play in four games in red shirt. Uh, but talking to both of those guys, I told them that, you know, there's a chance that might not happen just because of their skill set. Um, you know, it's one of those deals is like, they understand this. They came here to win. You know, and they came here to, to play really good football, and they know they can help us do that. 
You know, it, it's on my mind, Chris. I want to ask you if you noticed this, but at the very end of that comment, when he talks about those players coming here to win, Joey McGuire mentioned a few times in the press conference, didn't he, what he's here to do, and that is win. I, I That stood out to me a couple of times that that was at the forefront. Yeah, and I don't. I think he's made it very clear that you know it doesn't matter how you get to that point, or running it, or throwing it, or if we got to win a game ten to three, or forty two to forty, uh, if we're going to use more than one quarterback, whatever. It's just it's it's a group effort, and you're right. At the end of the day, that that's all he is focused on. It's just winning the game, and winning winning enough to 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 matter at the end of the year. Uh, but you know whether that's using true freshmen as we're talking about here or whatever it may be. But yeah, there's just, there's just three true freshmen on the depth chart, Casey. And I, Bryson Donnell is, is on there as a running back. I don't think that that would be a situation where I don't expect to see him a ton. I think he's there because Cameron Valdez is going to be out for a week or two uh, based on what Joey McGuire said. I think Coy Aiken is a guy from Stephenville, a receiver that I think has a chance to maybe be on this or play all season, I should say, because of what he can do mainly on special teams, but certainly a wideout too, uh, out of Stephenville. But but Joseph Adidere is the one that I think is clearly a guy that he's going to factor in all season long. This is he plays the position that is going to. You know, I think you need him. I think he's good enough. I think he's he's strong enough. He doesn't know everything yet, and he's not seeing stuff that he's going to see this season. But you just don't have a, a ton of quick twitch guys on the edge of that defensive line that are versatile and, and quick. And he was one of those highly sought after guys you brought in from a recruiting class standpoint. Well, I wanted to ask you about his his recruiting background as a prospect. He's from Mansfield, Texas. Um, what was his recruitment like, and what was it like for Texas Tech? Well, he he was all Joey McGuire. I think that's a guy that when Joey gets the job, he's one of those guys that jumped on. Like he was one of those. I don't think you're getting him unless you have Joey McGuire as your head coach. He was some of the part of that initial, you know, wave of good news and like we're here to recruit because Joey had the benefit of being here as the head coach, but not having to coach the team. He was just solely focused on recruiting, and so yeah, he was one of the Joseph was one of those guys that he got uh, early on. Excited to see him factor in and uh, being there behind Tyree Wilson, just thinking about the possibilities of, of what could be there in the future for Texas Tech is very exciting. And one of those places in the trenches that typically from a physical standpoint, it's it's difficult to acclimate uh, immediately from a high school to a college level, but it uh, seems like he can't be ignored. He's definitely one of those names that you, you've heard about uh, throughout fall camp is, is turning some heads, obviously. Mm -hmm. I am curious about Coy Eakin, however, because you look at what this kid did in Stephenville uh, as a high school senior, and it just kind of seems like maybe he's one of those guys that could find his way into also just not being ignored. And I know that you talk about, you know, four games and a red shirt, and, and Coach McGuire talked about that as well. And as a matter of fact, let me let you uh, listen in to head coach Joey McGuire on Coy Eakin. Coy brings a lot to the table. You know, this is a kid that led the nation. Uh, for whatever reason, was an under-recruited kid, but led the nation in receiving uh, yards and catches. And he brings a lot to the table when it comes to uh, wide receiver, but he also brings a ton to the table in the return game. You know, I mean, I feel good about our returners, but, you know, throwing him back there, he's just natural at it. Um, he's a big body. And so um, I, I would expect him 
um, you know, to possibly uh, play in four games in red shirt. But if he does what he's been doing in practice, then there's a chance to get a red shirt at all. Special teams guy, blue collar. Uh, he's much like the guy that I was talking about yesterday's show at the very end, Brady Boyd. Just kind of catches everything that comes his way. Uh, Swiss Army knife type football player that can just do a variety of, of things for you. And he was one of the most productive high school players in the year last year. I don't know how his stats off the top of my head, but like twenty one hundred yards, thirty one I mean, TDs, almost a hundred catches, I think. Yeah, I mean, and so he just off the charts. And it, it, at the high school level, when you play like that, it's like the other team knows. Okay, this is where they're going with the ball. And for him to still continue to, to put up those numbers when everybody knows kind of that's where the ball's going is very, very yeah. impressive. Yeah. yeah, there's no question about that. Uh, so the freshman will step away from for just a moment. One other guy I wanted to talk with you about is someone that was mentioned to me uh, by uh, quarterback Tyler Shuck in our conversation with him on uh, Black Label Radio last week. I asked him about a guy in practice when he's at the line of scrimmage looking across at Texas Tech defenders. Who's the guy that's getting his attention? Who's the guy uh, does he know that, that he's really having to account for prior to every snap? And he mentioned the name Kosai Eldridge, uh, who apparently has worked his way into a big opportunity this year. What's going on with Kosai? Yeah, you know, he, he's uh, he's kind of played some safety. Now he's kind of like this linebacker. He's one of these hybrid types. I think that he's really he's a program guy. He's been here for many, many years now, it feels like. In some ways, it feels like he just got here. And in other ways, it feels like that uh, that he's been here for a long time, and he's listed as a senior. Uh, but I think that he's finally this is kind of his time, and I think he's had a really good off season. I think, you know, Coach Deruder said today, or said in the weekly press conference, hey, he's got he had a good spring, not a great one, but I think he's had a really, really good to maybe even great fall camp, and he's been consistent. He's healthy. And I just think he's one of those guys that can do a little bit of everything for you. You need to drop him in coverage. You need to send him after the quarterback. I mean, all the above. So, uh, yeah, Kosai is certainly uh, one of the key parts of this defense. Well, hopefully he's getting the attention of other quarterbacks as we run through the schedule, but has already gotten the attention of his own quarterback and uh, Tyler Shuck as we wrap up fall camp. One more bit of sound from uh, head coach Joey McGuire. You and I spent a good bit of time yesterday talking about this Texas Tech offensive line that is – coming into form, but what kind of form exactly, of course, remains to be seen. Here is Coach McGuire on the guys up front. Ready to go, um, but it's going to also be, I think, uh, a real battle. We're, we're planning on playing um, probably between seven and eight offensive linemen in this game uh, for a couple of reasons. One, um, you know, we want to see what these guys do, of course, in a game. But there's still some position battles. That right tackle is a, a real battle with Ty coming back. He had a great week last week. Uh, Monroe has made a huge stride in his pass blocking this last week, so I'm really excited about that. And, again, I just continue to challenge Hamby, like, are these their best five guys? Whenever you have a room that you really are too deep and um, you have a guy like Jacoby Jackson who had a great camp, you know, is he better playing – is he, does he make us better playing right guard instead of backing up Weston at, at left guard? It's just one of those deals that's going to be a couple of weeks like that to really see uh, where we're at. Because, you know, I've said it since the day I've got here. I mean, you're, if you're going to win at a high level, you're going to win at a high level because you're O-line and D-line. And, um, you know, that's something that we're going to continue to stress 
Um, I do think we are um, light years ahead of where we were in the spring. Yeah, big people. That's how that's how Baylor won won the league championship last year, the conference championship last year. Is just big people. That's why I think that a lot of people feel like they may be the team to beat this year because they're so good on the lines of scrimmage. And I think that's what you know they're they're trying to get that solidified here at, at Texas Tech. And Joey, you know, we we talked touched on that through a lot of those assets toward that position group. Uh, but yeah, offensive line going to play as many as seven or eight guys, which is fascinating because that's the one position typically on offense or defense. You're going to play a lot of receivers. You're going to play a lot of defensive linemen and everything on defense. And you're going to, you're going to rotate running backs and, and you may play one or two quarterbacks, but typically if you have those offensive lines set, boy, you leave that group alone, you turn them loose. So it tells you they're not real sure who the best five guys are just yet. So we'll have to wait on that answer for a time. But playing seven or eight will be interesting because, again, they're tipping their hand a little bit. They don't they don't really know all the answers just yet. And I think at right tackle, or you mentioned Jacoby Jackson, who's listed as a backup maybe. So we'll see. Yeah, and how much time do you have to figure this out? Uh, approximately about 15 minutes before you got top 25 opponents on your schedule coming up after uh, Murray State. I'm just – it seems like – to a football coach, winning in the trenches means winning overall. It seems like that is the most elementary thought that any football mind could ever possess. But somehow, it also seems like plenty of them don't possess that thought. And the Baylor example is a great one, and that's part of what I'm so interested in with Joey McGuire being the head coach at Texas Tech, Chris, was the fact that he was there and uh, in the midst of and it didn't just start with Dave Aranda, so clearly this has been going on for a bit in Waco, but in the midst of a program that revitalized itself, and to say revitalized means they were there before, they really weren't, I guess for the first time, turned themselves into a program built from the inside out that was going to compete for conference championships on a relatively consistent basis. And it tickles me pink uh, to hear Joey McGuire say things like he said just there. Heard him say earlier in the week, they believe mass kicks ass when you're talking about the type of bodies that they want on the field. This seems like day one, you know, football 101 type of stuff. But unfortunately, maybe I take that for granted. And it's not actually that to every coach, but it seems like it is to Joey McGuire, doesn't it? Well, and it's hard to get good big people. You know, that that's the that's the I, I think everybody knows it for the most part, but it's and, and here, you're going to get some good ones, but you're going to have to also get some guys and develop the heck out of them, too. Sure. And that's what they did at Baylor. Uh, because, I mean, I think, you know, the Alabamas, the Texases, the Oklahomas, they, they usually get the, the best big people that are ready-made. And right. I think you've got to you've got to figure that out. But that's the, you're right. That's how you win it, especially in this league now. Hope to see those things trending upward for sure. You've had some nice things to work with defensively up front in the trenches, but the offensive line has just been a complete mess going on the better part of a decade. Plus, I've had some good players here or there, but feeling like that was a reliable group from week to week, I I really couldn't even tell you the last season uh, I felt like that was the case. And certainly going into this year, there's no reason to feel like that's the case right now, but uh, maybe Stephen Hamby will uh, get the job done, and they'll surprise us to a degree. I think there's a little more known, as we talked about yesterday, about the left side of it uh, with a whole lot of uh, who, what, when, and where maybe on the right side, but that's what week one is for. And maybe typically you've got some non-conference dates otherwise to toy around with some of those things, but 
as we touched on yesterday with Houston and NC State, two top 25 teams in weeks two and three. Uh, you don't have much time at all to toy around with anything before you've got a real challenge coming up uh, for that offensive line. So only time will tell, but we'll begin to learn some things coming up here this weekend against Murray State. And coming up directly ahead, you're going to learn some things about Murray State. You probably don't know much about Murray State because why the hell would anybody know much about Murray State? But uh, courtesy of uh, great Chris Level and myself, we're going to educate you a little bit more on the racers of Murray State. Coming up next on Locked On Texas Tech. Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan, the original CNC Electric Factory. Right, Chris? We're the only one that I know of, which makes us the original. Going way back, man. What is that? <laughs> Late 80s, early 90s on CNC Music Factory. Whoa. Hey, for us, it wasn't way back. We were there. It's just the other day, right? Just the other yeah. day. <laughs> Appreciate you guys for hanging with us on Locked On Texas Tech, your team every day. And of course, we'll have a Wednesday edition. Coming up for you tomorrow, we're going to take a little closer look at new offensive coordinator, but familiar name on the campus of Texas Tech, uh, Zach Kitley. We'll get into it a little bit more coming up on Wednesday's episode. Before we're out of here on today's episode, we want to get a little bit further into just exactly what's going to be on that eastern sideline Saturday night at Jones Stadium. It's the Racers of Murray State. Before we get Chris's thoughts, let's get the thoughts of the head coach, Joey McGuire. Two teams that are led by defensive coaches. Uh, coach Hood does a, a great job. You can see their turnaround in 2020, one of the biggest turnarounds in college football. Uh, the last uh, two nights I've watched them play Cincinnati. Should have been up at halftime against a team that played in the Final Four. Um, missed a kick right at the end of half. They would have been up 10-7 to 7 against Cincinnati at Cincinnati and then played Bowling Green really tough. So saying that, you know, they're not going to come in here and be intimidated by us. So we're going to have to do a great job of, of being the best team at 7 p.m. Uh, in that stadium. Uh, two teams that are very effort-based usually get that with defensive coaches, head coaches, and um, watching them. That's one thing that we're going to talk to our guys about, you know, who's going to play harder uh, the longest. And so excited about playing a team like that. Um, because y'all know I've said from the day I've gotten here um, how hard we're going to play as a team. So it's good to play a team like that. They, uh, they've got a quarterback coming back that's very athletic, so we're going to have to um, really uh, be responsible whenever it comes to the zone read and and uh, making sure that we're putting the ball in the guy's hands that we want it to be in. Tough thing is they've got a veteran running back and Weatherspoon that's coming back that's uh, a really good football player. Um, they returned five or six on offense and five or six on defense. So this is a, a veteran squad uh, that's going to come in and give us a really good uh, game week one. So, uh, again, excited about playing these guys. Murray State is going to – they're going to focus on the run game, okay? And I think they will try to, in my opinion, this is a team that typically wants to shorten the game and lean on that run game, huddle up you know, kind of shorten it, what? which is, yeah, exactly. And that's typically <laughs> what these teams do when you, when you have to go, when you take the paycheck and go on, the, you want to put, make that game as short as possible, kind of like SFA did last year. Yep. And then defensively, 
they'll kind of drop everybody back a bit and try to keep everything in front of them because they know that their speed and depth and all that will, will, will be tougher. Could be a bigger day for guys like Taj Brooks and Sarada Thompson mm. uh, if they give you a light box and you can run it and attack it. But DJ Williams is a good player, their quarterback. And I think he's, uh, you know, they, they, they have a really good running back. I think there's some returning guys on that offensive line. Uh, so, but, but that, that'll be, and we'll get into some more Murray state as we go along this week, but that's kind of the, you know, Murray state one-on-one on kind of what, what I think you can expect, but he tells you, I mean, Cincinnati played the playoff last year and they, for a half, it was a game and then it wasn't. And so maybe, you know, that's how sometimes these games go, but the longer you let them hang around, the more confidence they get. That is a uh, that's a deadly game uh, to allow a team like that to hang around because by the time you get in the third quarter, into the third quarter, and it's I don't know seven ten points, it's just a game at that point. There's not they have nothing rankings or yeah, there's no star rankings or anything that are going to make any difference. And as a matter of fact, in these types of ball games, Chris, if it is a game at that point, the other guys probably have the advantage because the favored guys are over there wondering. What the hell's going on? How do we? Nobody's feeling good on that sideline, and the other guys are jacked up to to possibly be in a game late in it uh, with a Big Twelve football team. So it's it's a challenging position to be in. And given what Joey McGuire describes there is uh, this team being an effort driven team, well, it sounds even more dangerous to me because you're probably talking about uh, some high character guys, some tenacious guys, uh, some guys that are not going to be put off by the fact that you know one football program gets this many millions of dollars and one gets this many less than millions of dollars. (laughs) So I, I hope that from word go, you're going to see what has felt like um, a lead up this off season to a team that wants to run through a brick wall. And I think that's going to be very, very necessary. You told us a couple of things about Murray state. I feel like now I got to tell you something about them. Did you know that they count among their alums, the great Ronald Popeye Jones? I did. Former <laughs> Dallas Maverick. Former Dallas Maverick. And, and, and I think I was on the coaching staff there for a bit. Yes. One of the most beautiful men to ever grace the state of Texas. Anybody will say that. And also the great Gary Guthrie. I hear you wondering out there who that is. Wikipedia told me that he's the creator of the classic rock radio format. Okay. A lot to be grateful for there, right? <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. Right. Had no idea. Top 100. I don't know. Uh, so well way done, to go. Gary. Yeah, Murray State. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna rank Gary behind Popeye Jones, with all due respect to Gary, but both valued alums uh, for the racers there at Murray State. All right, we're out of here, and we got another one coming up tomorrow because we are your daily Texas Tech podcast. We'll be back at it with a Wednesday edition. As I mentioned, we'll take a little closer look at Zach Kitley, new Red Raider offensive coordinator, but of course uh, a surname that is uh, not new uh, to Texas Tech fans here in West Texas. And of course, after Locked On Texas Tech, want you to check out Locked On Big 12. When you make Locked On Texas Tech your first listen, you're getting it before you're even out the door in the morning. Then you're making the second listen, Locked On Big 12 with our buddy Josh Neighbors, who is covering the conference from top to bottom. So check check out Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And we will see you tomorrow. Chris, enjoyed it once again. We'll be back at it tomorrow uh, for a Wednesday episode. Keep hope alive, people. Always. That's the only option we have. For Chris Level, I'm Casey Cowan. We'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Texas Tech.